Are you a college student looking for better guidance on how to figure out your life after college? Maybe you are slowly looking at jobs, or maybe you are finally getting around to editing your resume, or maybe you are just getting anxiety awaiting for the question at the next big family dinner, what are you going to do after college? Yep, I've been there. That's why I created my career ebook guide to help guide you on the path to young adult life in your post-grad career. From custom resume templates, ways to improve your LinkedIn, cover letter examples, top interview questions, and so much more, it's all in my ebook guide, which you can find on my blog at emilyelizabeth.blog/shop. I'm Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth, and I am your host. And on this week's episode, I dive into rather a personal topic or at least a framework that I have been utilizing in my own life, which is the concept of having a competitive advantage in dating, personal life, and how you can build self-confidence on these competitive advantage traits. Now, some of you who are business majors or who have studied macroeconomics at some point in your day, then the term competitive advantage may ring a bell to you. Um, But you're probably wondering, what in the hell do you mean by applying competitive advantage into your own life? Well, I certainly will dive in and share my version of competitive advantage in you know, a day-to-day life. So I hope you enjoy this solo episode and we'll get right to it. On today's episode, I will be diving into rather a unique topic in my opinion. And this is about, I guess, my personal thoughts on how you can achieve a competitive advantage in dating your personal life and as well as building self-confidence because all of this is correlated with each other. And before I dive into this, I do want to preface that some of the things I say on this episode may be controversial or maybe something you disagree with. And I'm not saying I actually say anything controversial, but I did make a mental note while I was writing down this outline that some of these uh, phrases or just my framework can be harsh for some people. And I know certainly my mom, for example, thinks this way of thinking is, you know, a little competitive and harsh. And I don't want to frame this as a competitive thing or that you're competing with other people, but rather that you are competing with yourself. And you will see that theme in this episode here and what I touch on. But Again, I just want to make that as a note, just in case you kind of go, oh, I don't know if I agree with that. Um, Again, I I do understand that this framework I have is um, very different for, 
woman my age and I will say though I think that's kind of why I am where I am today and so if you want any nuggets or insights into how I think and how I approach certain areas of my life then we will dive into it. So for those of you who do not know what competitive advantage means or what it is in general I will give you kind of the google search definition here and a competitive advantage in the business world Um, and by the way if you took economics in college or if you are currently taking macroeconomics then you should have heard of this term before but competitive advantage is essentially factors that allow a company to produce goods or services better or at least compared to its rivals And essentially, it is putting a business in a more superior position than its competitors. And so, I'm sure you guys can kind of think of examples that may be in the business world, which is part of why there are certain companies that stand out when you think of the best smartphone or the best generic coffee company right Um, I'm sure you had an initial thought there but that really plays into the competitive and absolute advantage which again is not really part of this episode but competitive advantage is something I've always thought of when it comes to personal life outside of economics and the business world and so with that being said I will share what my version of competitive advantage is in my life So the way I think of competitive advantage, I just think of it in a way of what do I bring to the table that other people don't. And so I break it down into three main areas, the first one being in dating. I definitely think I apply this in dating a lot and it is primarily actually because of my previous tendencies of being jealous and comparing to other people. So don't get this confused. I do not use the framework of competitive advantage in dating to compare myself to other people. In fact, it's actually only about comparing to myself and focusing what I bring to the table. So we'll dive into that. But um, like I said, dating is a big part of that. That's how I have personally reduced jealousy. Another area of life I apply this in is obviously my professional and corporate work or just my business life in general. And I definitely think of this during an interview because when you're interviewing, let's say for a big company and you know it's competitive, you have to think if I was in the employer's shoes or if I was in the interviewer's shoes, what would I be looking for? What would I be remembering from an interview, right? So you have to think about what you bring to the table and what is so different from you versus the girl that's coming in next. And again, it's not about putting your focus and energy on the next person behind you or that came in before you. It's again, just on you and bringing that to the light versus trying to bring someone else down you kind of catch what I'm saying there and then the last thing obviously because competitive advantage is related to the business world then I of course apply this into my own business ventures and projects so elite skatewear my custom figure skating dress business that is certainly one where I have to think about my competitive advantages um 
this podcast, my blog, my personal brand, all of that. So um, that is kind of my own gist of how I apply this terminology into my life, but I will first dive into the dating sector. Okay, so when it comes to the dating life, this is pretty much what I ask myself, which is, what does Emily Elizabeth bring to the table in a romantic relationship as a 23-year-old, um, in parentheses I have here, outside of the regular or normal expectations of a woman? So here's one thing that might be slightly controversial, um, but I do think that from previous stereotypes, most people, and when I say most, let's just say 75% or 80%. Again, that is not a specific accurate number. That's just my guess. And I'm going to say 80% of people, especially traditional thinkers like my mom, who came from Vietnam and in a traditional culture, most of them believe women to be you know, someone that cooks and cleans and has babies and is kind of, you know, just the woman at home doing her female thing. And obviously, right, I'm an example of this, that has changed and evolved over the past decades. And women have become CEOs and CFOs and they're working and being in big positions, right? And I think that's awesome. Again, why I am doing what I do right now. But I think with that being said, it doesn't hurt to have the normal traits of a woman, right? And again, I'm not saying these are like a complete norm, but let's just say for the sake of this, you know, um, most women or housewives are thought of to be, you know, in the kitchen. They're all having babies, right? Or at least they, they can all do these things. And I will say, though, the cooking thing, first off, I'm not the most amazing cook. I am definitely much better uh, right now than I was pre-COVID, thanks to the downtime of cooking at home. Um, but I do have a really close friend that I know is really great in her career, excels in more of a tech engineering job, and is terrible at cooking and is very scared of learning how to cook because, you know, it, it can be something that brings out this insecurity of like, oh my god, I'm so good in this area of life, but I'm so shitty in this part. So um, I'm not putting it out there saying women should know how to cook. Definitely not because, again, I'm one of those that are like average or just slightly above average, but I will say, um, you know, I'm sure most of us have at least come across a situation where we know a guy that would have preferred your ability to cook or do something like housewifey, even though maybe they're not actually putting you in a box as a housewife, but they're saying like, oh, it'd be nice if you also know how to cook. And um, maybe they have that kind of expectation because their mom was a really good cook. So that's kind of their um, role model per se on the type of wife they might want, right? Like in terms of traits and skills and whatnot. And I will say an example of that is my ex-boyfriend where his mom was a really good cook. She knew how to cook good food, bake, and all of that. And she was just like a really sweet lady. And I know that 
when I, w- I started dating my boyfriend that time during college, I was two and a half years younger. So when I was a freshman, I was obviously not that familiar with cooking anything more than pasta. And so I definitely felt that um, insecurity in terms of not knowing how to cook as well. And he cooked better than me. And I definitely felt that energy from him where he probably would have preferred if I could know how to cook more. And I think he gave me grace for, you know, being younger and not being there yet. But I could feel that expectation. Um, And I'm sure some of you would say, oh, that's so wrong of him. And I agree to an extent. Um, I do think as a woman and as the type of woman I want to become, I do want to try to be as holistically well-rounded as possible so um, it was a goal of mine and has been a goal of mine to be a better cook so sorry that was a very long tangent in this beginning portion but um, I'm just saying uh, my thought process is okay what do you bring outside of all of that like let's just assume that every woman can do most of those stereotypical things cook clean be a housewife have kids right okay cool what is it that you bring outside of that? Okay, so to dive in to my thought process on what I bring to the table, um, the first one I wrote here is having a lot of self-discipline, a lot of drive, and personal ambition to pursue a life on her own terms. So the reason why I wrote this down was because I feel as though with women and females becoming more in the spotlight and steering away from the typical stereotype, right, as this whole generation is becoming, um, I find at least the type of guys I attract into my life, um, I find that a lot of them appreciate a woman that is independent and not too dependent or clingy on him. Because unfortunately, I think, I don't know from what, but I think um, maybe certain biological traits about women, um, there has been history where, okay, again, prefacing this, this is more so from just my personal experience in college and high school and with tendencies that my girls or girls, uh, you know, just in conversations that I've seen have happened, right? Where girls uh, can get clingy. And again, this is definitely vice versa too. I had a guy experience very recently where he was so clingy, texted me back-to-back days, even when I didn't text him back. And it was just so, so weird. Um, And my first thought was, okay, you need a hobby and you need to be more independent. Um, Obviously, that was not going to work for me. But I would say that is pretty important for some guys I don't know maybe like 60% of guys right now maybe more just because again women are on the rise for being leaders and being more strong and confident and bold traits that are very different from 50 years ago but um, I would say just these traits of mine the self-discipline the drive all of that it would cater well for a guy looking for a partner who is independent and I would say I think that's a great fit for me someone that is pretty independent but would still want a female partner that is able to contribute to the relationship and be active and and be you know alongside growing with it because I wouldn't want to be too independent from the relationship that's not healthy either but I think there's a healthy balance with this independence thing and I find that this for my age at 23 
is probably something that stands out for me. So it is a, you know, competitive advantage that I am pretty proud of and something that I think is shown through my energy and what I do on a day-to-day basis. On a lighter note, another competitive advantage I bring to the table is witty humor and sarcasm. So I say this because I think this is a nice part of me or at least a nice other side of me that people don't get to see on the surface level until you really get to know me, which in order to really get to know me, you have to be obviously accepted into my inner circle and be someone that I trust and will allow space in for and and I'll take in your energy and um, when you get to really know me and if you ask any of my super close friends they will tell you I could go from the quiet reserved slightly introverted gal to a playful dynamic kind of wild card of a girl especially when house music comes on um i am a crazy obsessed house music gal that's probably something i talk about a lot on my personal instagram as well but um i think this is nice for me because it allows me to appeal to someone who is also playful which is obviously something i look for and is also something again i think i might have a level up on not necessarily with my focus on comparing to other girls, but just comparing to maybe the general public because I find that growing up with a older brother and kind of having a tomboy personality, at least I was told by my mom and others, um, I think I've, I would kind of throw what most people would say are non-feminine jokes around and that to men can often come off more as like witty and playful versus not feminine but definitely at the same time there are guys where they'd be turned off by the things that I say as a joke so um it really depends but I feel like overall for the most part my witty humor does stand out at least from my personal experience and perhaps if you are witty and you say some more rough type of jokes like I do and you've been insecure about it because people maybe parents or people that expect you to be more feminine or in in like a certain way whatever maybe it's time for you to bring that part of yourself out more as I have and if some people are turned off by it then that is an easy sign to know that they are not meant for you. Another competitive advantage trait is self-growth and maturity. This is something I certainly look for in a male partner and something that is definitely in my top three of traits that are a need and a must and I will not negotiate for it. And um, the way I describe self-growth, I would say is just the willingness to learn and grow as an individual and also of course in the dating realm within a relationship with mutual trust and understanding and of course mutual goals mutual values etc so um, I say this because I obviously do strongly believe I have this and um you know, it's for certain reasons with my life growth and upbringing and the Um, the obstacles and challenges I've gone through on a personal level but 
I will say, based on my knowledge, I do think it can be rather hard to find within someone at my age, at 23, and, um, you know, like a young woman like me, I feel like it's something that people start to realize more when they're in their late 20s or, you know, just pretty much when they've gone through more obstacles because I do think the self-growth and maturity thing is contingent on life experience and having adversity in life in which I have talked about many times before I've had a lot of personal adversity and even though at the time I probably didn't want the adversity I look back and see how much it has propelled my growth and how much it has propelled my own maturity and my uh, my understanding towards certain situations so I'm really grateful for that and I think that is why I do kind of appear quote to have my shit together and while I'm grateful that people believe in me like that and I believe in myself for that as well I always have to preface to people like that's not to say your different life experiences is any less than mine I just have gone through a lot personally and I feel like that's why I try to give back to other young women the way I see it is almost like as if you guys are my younger sisters and I could have shared a piece of knowledge that is helpful to you so that's kind of my thought process in that and I really value a guy that can do that and um, I know there are guys that I have talked to or I have dated for a period of time where that was something they really valued in me and so I took note of that as something Um, I have as a competitive advantage again so that I'm focusing on these positive traits about me versus thinking about what these other girls have more than me right so again just trying to stay focused on the topic of what am I bringing to the table and how can I continue to improve in that area a couple other traits I also wrote down confidence and little jealousy with other women and again prefacing this This is something I worked on a lot over the past two years and probably the catalyst for this entire episode and the theme of competitive advantage because for me personally, I have been able to reduce the jealousy and be more confident in myself and compare less to other women through this concept and framework of what are my competitive advantages. And the way I see how this trait plays out for me in my dating world, I think that potential partners can see this in me and know who I am and know that I know what I want and also that I'm someone that doesn't play games and which again can be a common trait for women around my age. Girls, let's be honest here. We have been taught by some fellow girlfriends to play games, make them chase us, all of that. And there is a whole nother psychology to that, but I do not like to play games. I'm a very direct kind of person. And with that, I think that is a differentiating factor as well and something that my potential partners would enjoy about me because, you know, um, for guys who are always having to shoot their shot, it's hard to get rejected and to be playing around with other girls. And I, and again, guys are playing games too. I get it. But that's why for me, if I put my best foot forward and say, look, I don't play games and I know what I want and I'm confident about it. And if you want the person, you know, next to me or whatever, like good for you, like go for that, you know? And I feel like um, that helps me eliminate 
partners that are not a good fit for me because if I know that they want to also talk to other girls and do this whole game thing and still try to figure out their shit for me that is a easy red flag of okay not for me and so perhaps that is something that could be helpful for you as well if you are someone that also struggles with the concept of doing the talking game and you know, you're the type of person that also doesn't like to talk to more than, I don't know, two guys at once. And again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong to that. But just for me personally, it's not part of my personal dating preferences or like the dating uh, progress. So um, I think this is something that I'm proud to bring to the table and certainly appreciate when a guy values this as well. And the last and final trait that I wrote down as a competitive advantage, I I didn't really want to write this one down or share it because it does maybe sound a little shallow because it's regarding my physical looks, but I figured maybe I'll share this because this could help some of you, especially if you have experienced anything like I have. Um, Again, this part is a little touchy, but I grew up in a majority Caucasian community in a very small town of only 8,000 people and I was one of the very few minorities there, let alone Asians. And so I definitely grew up not being the most proud as an Asian. I wish I could fit in more. I wish I didn't look so different, yada, yada, yada. And I love and appreciate that now I feel a lot more confident about being Asian and having come from a Vietnamese heritage also with slight Mediterranean genes as a fun fact. Um, That's kind of coming from my dad's side. Um, Very small percentage though, but um, it, it makes me really appreciate it. And I guess that's why I felt like, okay, you know what? This is coming from a good place, so I will share this on the podcast. But um, yeah, I wrote down that I think a huge competitive advantage for me is my unique look or I don't know, like just my Asian background, right? And then my personality in combination. And I'll dive into the look part first. So like I said, I am of Vietnamese heritage and background and then also with some slight Mediterranean genes and I don't know, it's really interesting because like a lot of people, maybe you disagree with this because certainly I have come across people that also were like, really, when I said this, but um, a lot of people that I know who like first meet me, they never think I'm fully Asian. They have always thought I was like, I don't know, like a mix of Filipino and Cambodian or like um you know part vietnamese and part something else like like you know two different types of asians i think or asian backgrounds um i think hawaiian was tossed in there at some point as well especially when i'm more tan um but yeah that's a just something really interesting and i've come a long way from from my childhood of i don't want to say i was embarrassed for being asian but i was picked on a lot for being Asian and, um, you know, looking the way I did. I remember when I was younger, when people asked me, why are my eyes like that? Or why my nose was more flat? Like, I don't have the same nose bridge, right? And I remember the excuse I used to say, I think I told this guy um, that a basketball fell on my nose and it flattened my nose. So um, I just, I'm just so grateful that I can laugh about that now, honestly. And, um, 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it's really funny. But I will say um, something I think is unique about my Vietnamese and Asian heritage background is that I am taller than a, quote, typical Asian female. My mom, for example, is... She's not this height anymore. She's maybe like 5'1", but like she used to be 5'2", 5'3", at most, and I am about 5'6". And I'd say most Asians are, or okay, sorry, let me let me backtrack. Most Vietnamese, at least, are on the shorter end between like 5 feet to, you know, 5'3", perhaps. And so I think it's awesome that I physically am different than the classic stereotype if we want to get to that point and I also do have curves that I am happy and proud of something that I was uh, kind of picked on for a bit um, because I was told even by a doctor who was Asian actually who would say things like you are of Asian heritage you're not supposed to be compared to American standards or American average you're too tall in the in the Asian background, you are a little too heavy, um, and all of these things, like you have curves and all that, and I am grateful to say that I'm, I'm proud of it, and I think that it does bring some element of uniqueness to my looks for, again, what my stereotype is supposed to be. And then on the other hand, the personality factor, I will say I am much more outspoken and outgoing than typical expectations of my cultural norm for a female. And I think it's a unique trait if a guy were to initially go for me just because he's into my physical looks, aka he's like kind of into Asian females, which I have come across quite a few as well. But funny enough, some of them have also said, I think it's awesome that you have this unique look and you have more of a bold personality, which is also not a common combination for my ethnic background. And so that was something I have taken note over the years. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I should take note of that and be proud of it because I feel like I was misunderstood for so many years of my childhood and my adolescent years. And so I, again, just wanted to bring that up because maybe some of you who are also a minority and have faced similar expectations or bullying or whatever that may be from a younger age, um, I think it's now time to reflect on what it is that you love about yourself within that department that you used to maybe not have loved about yourself and why you can be more proud of it and how that actually brings more value to the table rather than less. Okay, so now I want to quickly dive into my personal life and how these traits apply. So I will say most of the traits I mentioned earlier that are my competitive advantages in dating are also pretty much the same in my personal life. But I will say I utilize these specific traits to bring a high value in my presence and in my personal friendships. So what I mean by that is I ask things like, how do I help others? How am I helping my friends and colleagues achieve their personal goals? And ultimately, how am I creating value and impact to my society and community? So I ask myself these questions and then I think about what are those competitive advantages I have that I bring to the table that will allow me to do this for others and help 
the overall community I'm working with. So that's kind of just a quick gist on how I apply it to my personal life. But I would just say um, if you want to consider how you can apply your own competitive advantages into your life, then just think about what those traits are first, both you know, your personality, your physical looks, whatever that may be, combine it as a holistic view of who you are and consider those same questions. The last piece I want to dive into is building self-confidence, which I think is also a very unique topic, one that I would have loved to have talked about and learned more about when I was in college and when I did not have as much confidence as I do today. So I am going to break it down in my personal step-by-step process on how I built my self-confidence over the past few years. I was thinking like, how else can I do this? I mean, I guess I can only share from my personal experience. So again, take what you will and leave what you don't like. But the first step I start with is self-awareness. So what I mean by that is write down or discuss with a therapist, counselor, close friend, etc. the traits that you are insecure about or traits that you really want to work on. So that could be your physical appearance, that could be, you know, something that you lack in, maybe it's like lacking in a certain department of your life, and then also personality flaws that can be corrected. So the next step would be deciding how you will work to improve on these insecurities. So I'm going to give you two examples of my previous insecurities and or weak traits that I really worked on heavily. The first one was I used to have emotional turbulence. And what I mean by that is I was just super reactive and I would get triggered by any small thing. Like, you know, for example, when I lived with my ex-boyfriend, I would be curious as to why he'd come home late, like all of these really gnarly, crazy things. And I'd also sometimes go on his phone, look at, you know, the photos of other girls that he liked, whatever that may be. And I would just react to them and I would be like, what are you doing? And all these things. And they're just out of my control. I mean, first off, a double tap on a phone means nothing. Um, But needless to say, where I'm going with that is that I used to act out on my emotional turbulence, even with close friends, which is why um, I really had a downfall in 2017 because I think I was really feeling all of these bad traits get, you know, hit on me where all of these people were no longer in my life and I really felt the effect on that. And I would say my previous relationship, at least the first half of it, we did date for four years, but the first like year and a half, two years, I don't think I was an ideal person. And it was a big part because of my emotional turbulence and being reactive, which is why I practice stoicism now and why it's something I advocate so much for. Another example I had to work on a lot my friend Dana is very aware of this she's someone that's helped me with this actually and that's why I bring her on to this podcast because maybe she has been able to help some of you as well but I would say uh similar to kind of what I just mentioned I used to compare myself to other women online again probably the catalyst as to why I even wanted to talk about this competitive advantage thing in my life because 
I was like, how the hell am I going to reduce this? Like, this is so unhealthy, not good to have in any relationship. And I certainly had it in my previous serious relationship. But to dive into that example, I used to get jealous or compare to other women, um, especially if I thought or assumed that they previously hooked up with the guy I was talking to or interested in or if I thought my current guy who I was in the talking stage with was also potentially talking to these girls and some of these girls would be you know like the girls that recently followed the guy and I would actually look into it whereas Dana my friend would be like I don't understand why you would do that because what are you going to gain from it but funny enough, she did tell me her co-workers at work, this is from months ago, she did hear that they were talking about the, you know, the whole comparison thing. They were stalking who their boyfriends or who their guys were following or who recently followed them and was like even more anal about it than I was. So she was telling me she was so surprised that that is a thing. And I'm like, Dana, you are blessed to not have this insecurity or trait where you compare with other people. And to make things worse, I used to ask my friends if they thought the girls were prettier and etc. And I just wanted to figure out um, if they had a better shot than me based on their looks purely and my assumption of what they did as a career. Like that is so freaking toxic and unhealthy. So let me tell you, um, if you have this and you want to work on it, I'm going to have to say probably reflect on this entire episode because that's exactly the steps I implemented into my life to reduce this ugly trait that I used to have. So I'm really grateful that I've worked on it. And now all I do is focus on, again, my competitive advantages and what I bring to the table. And I don't even think about what other women bring to the table or what other people in general in the workplace in my personal life I don't I don't give a shit it's you know I'm focused on me and I'm focused on what I can control and what I can improve and I think that is something I hope you have as a takeaway from this episode but before I close out I do want to add as well a couple more things on the self-confidence journey be willing to acknowledge to friends and a close community of people that you are working on these traits and that you are looking to improve them. So again, as I mentioned, I had told Dana that that was something I was working on, that I would like her to call me out on my bullshit if she noticed that I was getting in my head about this jealousy thing. Um, I would also tell my friends, Harry and Jack, I would say to them, hey, um, you know, I'm working on this right now. Can you let me know or call me out when you feel like I am off track? And again, I know that takes a lot of confidence and comfort to ask your friends to do something kind of almost counterintuitive as a friend, but I look for people that are willing to help me improve. And if I'm saying like, hey, you know, I'm trying to lose weight. Can you keep me accountable and and check in with me every Wednesday. Like ask me how many days a week did you already work out this week? You know, that kind of thing. And I think it's fun. It's it's improvement. It's it's a fun journey. Um and even when I think my personality traits when I was working on it a couple years ago, just being more honest, more selfless, having more integrity, speaking the truth, 
and just being a better person in terms of how I treat people and not being reactive, that was something I definitely asked my friends as well. And I would say, hey, you know, how am I doing so far? Do you feel like I get off track? And um, I think it, I think it can be impressive too. Like you'll you're, you never know. Your friends may be super happy and supportive for you when they hear that you're trying to work on something that is going to improve you for the long run. And then lastly, just my final note on everything and on this confidence piece. Over time, your confidence will build up because when you acknowledge what you are insecure about and you talk about it out loud and you also make a mental note to begin change and actually start to slowly improve 1%, then your brain will naturally feel more confident each time as you release yourself from the old identity of being insecure or weaker in those areas of life. So again, I feel exactly this way about who I used to be when I when you know was in college and who I am now, and that is part of life. We grow and we change and we evolve. However, it is very true. Like you'll hear people say that there are some people, you know, that stay in their hometown and from from 15 to 40 years old, they definitely didn't change that much. And that I think is ultimately a choice. And it really is a hard choice to pick on yourself and say, hey, Emily, you got to work on this. You know, it's hard, but there is a fine line between talking poorly about yourself and telling yourself, hey, Emily, these are the five things you're not doing so hot in. And here are the five steps for each five traits that you can do to get better tomorrow, right? That's my mindset about it. And I think when you put your energy and your focus on yourself and these areas that you can work towards and make progress in, it will ultimately bring you more fulfillment and happiness because you're happy to see yourself growing and you're happy to see yourself improving. And so that's going to just ultimately make you more confident. And then when you're talking to guys or you're dating people and you start to resort to that tendency of like thinking, oh, what does that other girl have to bring? You will mentally be like, wait, shit, I should be focused on what I bring to the table, not what they bring. So um, I hope this episode was enjoyable. I know I went off on a tangent a little bit on some areas, but um, either way, give me feedback. Let me know your thoughts on this. And if you disagree in certain areas or even better if you agree on certain things and if and how you will apply any of this into your own life because I know I've been able to apply it into my life. It's been working for me. It has worked over the past two or three years and I am satisfied and happy with where I'm at in life. So thank you again for tuning in this week. I hope you have enjoyed it and be sure to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and join me in my community on the podcast Instagram at what fulfills you pod. I will talk to you all next time.